and welcome to Mavs Daily, presented by the Dallas Morning News, where every day we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. And here to join me today, my name is Bobby Crowley, here to join me today as we begin day two of the offseason, it's the legendary Dwayne Price. What's up, Dwayne? Bobby, my name is Dwayne Price. How are you doing, Bobby? Man, you're excited. You're, you're living it up this summer. Yeah, it's 85 days to Christmas. I'm excited, man. <laughs> normally, that means we're like a month away from, I mean, seriously, like media day is normally like three or four weeks from now. So normally we'd be we'd be heating up, but now we're just kind of winding down. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird, man. Kind of weird. This, this is going to be summer league. Summer league is going to be in November. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old winter league. And, you know, normally like we'd team would already be full of free agents like that the Mavs had just signed, but now we're thinking about, well, who are they going to sign this, this summer? I don't know. It's really weird. Everything is out of whack right now, but if I just pretend like it's June, then I'll feel back to normal. But, uh, but Dwayne today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of everything, man. So yesterday we had Eddie on Mavs daily and, and we kind of talked a little bit about game six and, and everything that happened that game, uh, and a little bit about the series, but today Dwayne and I are going to talk, about the series, about the season as a whole, about the future, kind of everything. You know, we're sort of like in this afterglow of, of what was really a fun season. But, uh, you know, like Lucas said, after game six, it's championship time now. I mean, that's that's where things are headed. And so things are about to get real serious. So we'll enjoy the fun while we can. From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered. And it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. First, Dwayne, your thoughts after covering... Uh, the, the Mavs' first playoff run with Luka and KP and a lot of these guys getting their first postseason experience falling in six games to uh, Kawhi and the Clippers. Well, my first thought is I go back to before this season started when nobody predicted the Mavericks would make the playoff. So not only did they get there, they get there as a seventh seed and in a comfortable spot in the seventh spot. Uh, they had a chance in, in the uh, seeding games to move up to at least the sixth, but that didn't happen. But to finish the regular season, 43 and 32, 11 games over 500, that, that speaks volumes of uh, not only the job that the players did, but the job that our coach uh, Rick Carlisle did in getting these players ready. And then once they got to the playoffs, um, no one gave them a chance. I mean, I, I heard four games sweep. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I heard anybody giving them a chance to win one game. But not only did they win two games, you know, you, you feel bad for KP in game one to get thrown out the way he got thrown out with the Mavs having a five-point lead in the third quarter, and they end up losing game one. If they would have got out of that game one, then won game two, which they did win game two, and be up 2-0, you know, the whole series could have changed. I mean, the Mavs could still be playing. They might would have got out of the first round. But you feel bad for KP all the way around because he was a guy that, you know, endured that ACL on his, uh, on his right knee. I might have the knees mixed up. I think his right knee would uh it was, it was left knee that was the acl and then the right knee was the meniscus right, and right. the sore right knee so they had the sore right knee like in january right and then the meniscus in uh, august yeah you feel bad for him because it, 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 he's full. i mean 
I think the Mavericks would win the series. I mean, they actually won uh, actually won one of the games without him. You know, game four, and then of course uh, they lost the last two. But if he's at full strength, I mean, I don't think the Clippers knew what they were getting themselves into. I mean, they couldn't do anything with Luca. They put what four or five different guys on him. You know, game six he went for thirty-eight, nine and nine. You know, uh, so it, it was. It was a great season, and Mavs fans, you don't have anything to be ashamed of because the, the future is definitely bright because I guarantee you, Donnie Nelson, Mark Cuban, those guys, they're going to find that missing player that this team needs. You know, and having said that, who knows what would happen if, if, if Dwight Powell was there, you know, they started in center, and, and uh, Jalen Brunson, who's a you know, first man off the bench for the most part, if they had they been healthy and been ready, ready to play in this series, so. It was a great year. You know, they don't have anything to be ashamed of. They, they can hold their head up high and walk the streets and all that because they, the Clippers may go on and win the NBA title. Right now, after seeing them up close in person, I don't think they uh, they will. I, I don't think they will. I think the Lakers will win the title. Oh, we'll see. That's a, that's a spicy take, man. We're five minutes into this. You're already firing them <laughs> off. Let's go. You really are feeling good. I'll, um, I'll put it, it this way. Unless the Mavericks are much, much better than what we thought they were. I mean, because, I mean, because just think about it. The Mavericks didn't have KP for three games in that series. They ended up going six and, well, might as well say three and a half games because he got thrown out early in game one. And to still take this supposedly best defensive team, one of the best defensive teams of all time, to six games, that speaks volumes about the Mavericks and also says a lot about the Clippers. So uh, I don't know. I, I think it says a lot about Luca, man. And also, I mean, to be fair, too, you know, whenever KP was healthy, he really picked his game up a whole lot in those bubble games. I mean, he was averaging 30 and 10. That was probably, I mean, probably the best basketball he's ever played in his career. Um, and so, you know, you had Luca and KP both at the peak of their powers, and, and that was enough to push the Clippers a little bit. So maybe the Clippers aren't as good as we thought. Maybe the Mavs are better than we thought. Who knows? But it's interesting that you bring up the um, – Kind of like the optimistic sort of because I feel good too after this series. I was I think you and I and Eddie, I mean, really, I think everybody, even around here in the in the bias camp, I think we all thought that the Clippers were gonna get this thing done and um relatively comfortably. I think the Mavs gave them a, a really good run for their money, even without KP, which is really impressive. But uh so you know, I feel good with how they played and with how Luca played and everything. Um, but what do you think? Aside from just health, obviously having KP would have helped, having Dwight would have helped, having Jalen especially would have helped. Um, what do you think, other than just getting these guys healthy, do you think the Mavs can take out of this series against the Clippers and say, like, we need to improve at this, or we need to bring in a player who can do this? Like, what what maybe weaknesses or holes do you think they'll be looking to address in the offseason based off what just happened? Well, Luke will be the first one to tell you that he has to improve his, his outside shooting. And he has to improve his free throw shooting. I mean, having said that, I mean, yeah, this guy hits the shot, the, the signature game of the whole bubble. You know, the bang, bang, you know, out in game four to, <laughs> to win that game at the buzzer. But, uh, really are. Oh, you got that. <laughs> My Mike Green, Mike Green voice. Uh, they're going to have to improve their rebounding. And, you know, who's to say how it would have improved, you know, had they had uh, Dwight Powell and Willie College Steins there because, you know, the Clippers had a lot of big guys to throw at the at the Mavericks, and the Mavericks just, they just didn't have those big guys. And uh, Maxie Kleber, he, he'd be the first to tell you, actually he did say it after game six that uh, 
You know, uh, he, he didn't play that well on the offensive end. I mean, that, those are shots that uh, we're used to seeing Maxie makes, and he, he missed a lot of them, you know, in, in that series. But, uh, you know, having said all that, a lot of these guys were, I think over half the team were playing their first playoff game and playoff series in, in the NBA. And, and to say they were able to do what they were able to do, you know, like I said, they don't have anything to be ashamed about. Next year, they'll come in with a different mindset and know that, wow, man, if we did this, we did that. You know, we didn't have that fear factor, not to say that they did, but even if they did, now they can go in comfortable knowing that, oh, man, we can do this. We, I don't care what the experts say. I don't care what they don't say. We can do this. They go in with that attitude in game one. You know, it, it may be a different series. And, you know, I'm not so sure that, you know, obviously we don't know who's going to get what in the offseason, but you may see the Mavericks not only in the second round, but in the Western Conference Finals next season. Yeah, that uh, that kind of like mindset thing is really sort of something that I've been thinking about a lot, too. Uh, you look at like the way Luka defended in the bubble. I mean, he played with so much more effort on that end of the floor and, um, you know, just kind of the, the intensity level of the playoffs, the excitement level of the playoffs, the whole like every possession matters thing. I mean, think about it in game one, Luka committed like five turnovers in the first three minutes of the game or something. And for almost the rest of the series, turnovers weren't really a problem for him. You know, a couple passes got away, but I mean, he was, he played really, really efficient basketball in that regard. And so I'm just thinking like, especially Luka, who's such a young guy, he's so talented, but you know, he, he does sometimes try some, some crazy stuff just for fun. You know, if, if he and KP and, and really the rest of the guys up and down the roster just take everything like 5% more seriously, you know, then that could have made such a huge difference in the regular season. I mean, especially it's going to make a huge difference in the playoffs, but, you know, in the regular season, focus a little more, dig in a little deeper on the defensive end, and all these crunch time losses, maybe half of them become wins. And then instead of being the seven seed, you're like the three seed or even higher, you know, and that's the stuff where I think experiencing this, going up against a guy, especially like Kawhi, who's just stoic and just plays his butt off at both ends of the floor. I think watching him play, watching him beat you and carve you up in the fourth quarter to eliminate you, I think motivates the Mavs to say like, all right, we need to, like, especially Luca. I need to be more like that guy. You know, I need, I need to be a, I just need to be a cold blooded killer. And Luca is like a showman and he's fun and everything. But um, you know, whenever he dials in the way that he did, especially in game four, he can be that guy. He can be a killer too. And so if you just, I don't know, just taking on that simple mindset, especially in the fourth quarter, I think can really, it just changes like the whole dynamic of a team and can help you close these games out and, and just really like vault you up the standings to where next season, maybe you do play the Clippers again. But like you said, maybe it's in like the third round and not the first round. Right. And not only that, you know, you know, my, my story, 2011, uh, no one wanted to play Portland and the best thing that ever happened to the Mavericks was playing Portland. This year, no one wanted to play the Lakers. I mean, the Clippers in the first round. The best thing that happened to the Mavericks as they can feed off of this season and take it the next season was the Clippers because they're going to remember this series. They're going to remember all the things they did wrong. They're going to remember the things that they did right. And they're going to, when they go back and look at that film and say, wow, man, we just did this, this a little bit better. Probably could have won that series. And, 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 and to your point about Kawhi, the only difference in, well, several differences between Kawhi and Lucas, Lucas has the ball and has to get his other team the ball. 
Kawhi is not going to sit there and just, you know, shoot. Because they expect Kawhi to shoot all the time. We don't expect what Luka. Luka, Luka would rather have 30 assists than 30 points. Because he, he knows if his teammates are getting involved, that's better for the Mavericks. And he can get his points almost any time he wants to. But, you know, he don't, he don't want to go out there and get 40 points. And then not, and now you got KP with 10 points, uh, uh, Seth Curry with five points, stuff like that. No, he needs those guys to contribute at all. So, so that's the biggest difference between him and Kawhi. But he's going to learn. I mean, all that stuff is, is a delicate balance. And he's only 21. You know, he's only been in the league two years. So he'll learn. I remember when, when Dirk was in the league, his first and second and third years, every year, Bobby, he came back and added something different to his game. And it, I was like, wow, he didn't do that last year. Wow, he didn't do that the year before that. Every year, he came up with something different. And I expect the same from Luca because the great ones do. That's how. That's why they're great because they know when they, we they're seeing the game to steal a phrase from uh, Coach Carlisle. They're still they're seeing the game in six G. We're seeing we're seeing it in five G. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and as to what Luca can add to his game, I mean, that's where you can really let your imagination run wild because, I mean, he's he's added so much already. I mean, he be, he became the best driver to the rim this season in the whole NBA. I mean. And last season, that was not the case. He became quicker. Uh, he became so good at, at pa- I mean, he was already good at passing anywhere, but I mean, he was so good at no looking guys to the corner. Just, I mean, he's a genius. And so I'm really curious to see what he adds, but I think at some point he'll need to add some type of like mid-range pull-up game. I think that's like really high level, advanced level Hall of Fame type stuff, but that's how Kawhi was able to end this series. You're watching Chris Paul bring OKC back into that series by doing the same thing. These are shots the teams want you to take. And so if you can take them, you'll be able to knock them down. And, you know, they're not going to cover you in the mid-range. They don't want you to get to the rim. So that would make Luka such a complete player. But uh, let's let's stay with Luka a little bit here. So whenever you think back on this whole season, you know, beginning opening night 10 months ago, 11 months ago, whenever that was against Washington, um, how has your, I guess, evaluation – Luca changed or or has it at all what what have you learned about him and about his game this season and, and what has it been like to watch him make that leap that he's made in, in year two you know you know what the, the most glaring thing is, is you can make a case a strong case that he's one of the top five players in the game today I mean yes we're going to take out Steph and, and Durant because you know, basically they didn't play this year because because of injuries Steph got in a few games, but KD didn't play at all. But I put him up there with uh, Kawhi and, and, and James Harden. And who's my other guys? Uh, AD, LeBron, Giannis, of um, course. LeBron and Giannis, not AD. I, the jury for me is still out on AD, you know, because he was a guy that never been out of second round of the playoffs. So I want to see what he can be able to do once there's real pressure. Because there's no pressure – with him playing all them years in New Orleans or whatever they got, that's what they got. The fans were happy with it. But you with the Lakers, no, you know, second round ain't going to cut it. You know, you, yeah. you got to win that ring or you got to at least get to the get to the NBA final. But, uh, but as far as looking, the one thing that I learned is he was hard for anybody to guard. They couldn't keep him out of the paint. He got in there whenever he wanted to, as often as he wanted to. They had the best defenders on him. They couldn't do anything with him. And and, and the one that was the thing that was strikingly in the series against uh, the Clippers was we've all heard that 
Kawhi Leonard is the number one stopper in the NBA. Kawhi, you would think that he was they tell Doc Rivers, hey, coach, this dude is tearing everybody up in the league. I got him, and I got him for that. You know why I didn't do that? He would have got in foul trouble. You can't go out there. <laughs> so they put the guy on him that, that's, that's at least the guy that they, that they you know, uh, uh, Marcus Mars, you know, the one that's, that's going to agitate Luca the most and all. And they can, you know, if the Clippers lose uh, Marcus Mars to an injection of foul trouble, it doesn't matter. But Kawhi Leonard didn't want any part of Paul George didn't want any part because when Paul George was on him, he was in foul trouble because Luca knows how to get you in foul trouble. That's what he does. This guy is very smart. And the one thing that, you know, a lot of people are not talking about, some at some point during the course of the season, this dude's defense got better. He really, really he was he was very impressive. He was keeping guys out of the lane. You know, he you know, on jump shots, you know, I tell uh, people all the time, how many times you see Somebody block a jump shot, probably three percent of the time. So why jump? And mm. that was all I saw. Luca jump. He just stand there and hold his hands up, and it, which is which is what you're supposed to do. Get that vertical angle look to you, and then let the player go ahead and shoot his shot. He make it, he make it. If he don't, he don't. But yeah, he just became a guy that was best very difficult to guard, and and everybody in the NBA knew it. They said, "Wow, this dude's only 21. We got him for another 18 to 20 years." He's going to be a problem, and he already is a problem. Yeah, yeah, dude, he is He is amazing. He is, he's so amazing, and, and you don't want to put a ceiling on him because every time that we've even tried to, like, temper expectations, it's easy for us to get carried away, right? But, like, even if we are trying to just be, like, real balanced and say, look, they're about to play the Clippers, the Clippers are going to make it tough on Luka, Luca goes out and averages like 31, nine and nine. And you're like, okay, I mean, I'm just trying to be fair. And Luca's just making me look like an idiot. Uh, what has been your, whenever you look back on the 2019, 20 season, 2019, 20, that sounds weird, but it's, it's correct. Um, what is your, what is kind of your, your, your lasting memory of the season, your overall opinion of the season, not just with Luca, this whole team, uh, from where they started on opening night to where they ended up uh, now on September 1st. What has kind of been your your lasting kind of take from, from what we've just seen? We've been shutting down on March 11th after Boban gets 31-17 and 17 and a win over Denver <clears throat> and then the long layoff before the season restarted inside the bubble in Orlando. Everybody being quarantined. The miles are there. 55 days. I mean, that, that's a long time away from your family. I, I've never heard of a 55-day road trip. You know, so that, other than that, as far as, uh, I mean, it was kind of weird. I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but, you know, you, you could see it on TV. You, you could see something, something definitely different about this with no fans in the stands, obviously. And, you know, it was kind of like uh, playing rec league basketball, AAU ball, you know. So that's the number one takeaway. And, and number two, you know, like I said before, no one gave this, this team a chance. And, you know, they, they they played very well during the course of the season, 11 games over 500. Whenever you double digits over 500 during the course of a season, you know, that's a win right there. And to see uh, Paul Singers come back, you know, after that uh, ACL injury and, and surgery when he was with the New York Knicks and hadn't played a game in 19, 20 months and to come back and, and play – 
perhaps some of his best ball ever. I mean, he he was tearing it up down the stretch before the pandemic hit, and then when he got to the bubble, he continued to tear it up. You know, and it's just unfortunate that it ended that way, the way it did. You know, with the meniscus tear in his right knee, because I don't know. I'm I'm telling you, Bobby. He, if you're gonna stop Luca, then you're putting yourself open for K, uh, KP to beat you, and Miles could still be playing had he been healthy. You know, I would like to. As a matter of fact, I would like to play the Mavs to play the Clippers again next year if the Mavs completely healthy and see what happens. I'll take my chance. The Mavs will win that series. Maybe in the conference finals. Let's just push it off as far as we as far as we can. Make as deep. No, I want to in the first round. I want to knock them out in the first round like they knocked us out. In the first. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, maybe uh, maybe if the Clippers are like the eight seed, you know that means the Mavs are the one seed. So will it be? Let, let's look ahead to next season. It's tough to know because you know we haven't even had the draft. Of course, free agency and the trade deadline. There's a million. Everything is going to be different. You know game 82 next season like there's going to be a, a ton of players on different teams and everything but as it stands now you know you have memphis and new orleans that are kind of on the rise uh golden state will be healthier next year steph and clay will be back and who knows what they're going to do with that draft pick maybe they'll be able to make a trade who knows so it might be a little tougher to make the playoffs next year in the west there's going to be some better teams at the bottom there are you uh concerned at all that the mavs will having just finished seventh have to fight a little harder to make the playoffs, or do you think they'll be able to rise up above a couple of the teams that finish ahead of them this year and kind of be like a little more comfortable next year? Where do where do you think they fit in? How do you think they stack up uh, with the West as it stands right now? Well, without you know, without denigrating any team, but that's just you know, since you asked me the question, I think they're better than OKC during the course of a eighty-two game season, so they'll move up ahead of them. And I can make a case that the Rockets continue with that small ball. They can only go so far. The thing about small ball is it win you a lot of games in the regular season. But, you know, as we saw last night, you know, you know, the Rockets up, what, 98-92, seemingly had the game in hand. Then they got outscored 12-2, you know, down the stretch and lost that game, game six. Now they got a game seven against OKC. So I can see them moving ahead of OKC. And perhaps moving ahead of either Houston or, or, or Utah and getting a, a fifth or perhaps even a, a fourth seed. As far as the teams behind them, Memphis, uh, Phoenix, Sacramento, San Antonio. I mean, I, I don't know how that word come out of my mouth, San Antonio. They didn't make the playoffs for the first time in 23 years. But, but I think the Rockets are better than all those teams. I think the only ones that are ahead of them right now, that's, a, that's clear cut ahead of them. The two LA teams and Denver, you know, I think they clearly could be a fourth seed right there alongside Utah. There you go, Dwayne Price, home court advantage guarantee. You willing to go <laughs> that far or no? Yeah, you can go home court advantage. You know what? Had Game Six been uh, in in the you know, arenas where it's supposed to been played, it would have been at American Airlines Center. Now, can you imagine Game Six in American Airlines Center against the Clippers, and what would have happened? I think yeah. we had a game seven. <laughs> yeah, we we all deserve home court Luca. We we need a we need a Luca playoff game at home. That would just be that would be insane. Hey, hey, um, hey, 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 Bobby! And the bang bang game game four that would have been an America. Would have been at home too. We we were robbed. Uh, and the roof would have been gone by what a we were robbed. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Having been there for the Vince Carter shot, 
Sure. I mean that I know how how loud that building could be, man, and it, it would have just it would have. Hey, hey, Bob, we've been playing Game Six at SMU. <laughs> <laughs> Moody Man is part two. Oh man, that's funny. But it, but it was fun though. It really was the whole season, you know. Uh, and like I tell everybody, man, every time I even on replays when I see that shot, Lucas shot, I still get goosebumps. I, I don't think I've ever got goosebumps, you know, a week later off a shot in my life. And I've seen a bunch of basketball games. It's, it's something about that shot. Mm. Yeah. And something about that player, too. I mean, it's just it really is just magic, man. I'm not trying to be corny, but I mean, it really just sometimes you just got to be like, well, I mean, it is what it is. And, and that guy is a magician. He's truly, truly gifted. I'm telling the Mavs fan, I mean, to have Dirk for 20 years and, and perhaps to have Luca for 20 years, you know, back-to-back and all that, I mean, you can't ask for more to have two generational players like that because Luca's going to change the game. And like I said, a healthy KP and just one more piece, one more piece on the inside. Either, I need an intimidator, a rebounder, something along those lines. They're good to go. I'm serious. That'd be good to go next year. They're gonna be good to go anyway, but we just add another piece. I'm talking about like local championship. Yeah. Oh man. Well, here we go. Today's the first day of the rest of our life, Dwayne. It's gonna be very <laughs> exciting. Uh, and and we'll be back soon. I mean, we're we're still gonna be making episodes this off season, but um, it is kind of award season, and so pretty soon they'll be revealing like the All NBA teams and everything like that. And so, you know, more. More awards and recognition are set to come Luca's way, so we'll we'll be able to talk all about him and the rest of the team over the next few weeks, and then uh, we'll head into free agency and the draft and everything. Things are heating up. It's going to be the off season, no matter how long it lasts. It's going to be interesting all the way through, and we will be with you every step of the way on Mavs Daily. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button, or that follow button, or the whatever button it is on your favorite podcast platform. Share this with all of your friends and enemies around the world because Mavs basketball is the hottest thing on the market right now, Dwayne, even hotter than Tesla stock. And uh, (laughs) we will see you uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. Who knows? He's Dwayne. I'm Bobby. And this is Mavs Daily. Thanks for listening. See you.